Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today at QueenBeing.com we're going to talk about how to tell if you're being love bombed or if you're in a healthy romantic relationship, okay? If you've never been here before, Queen Being is all about being strong, doing no harm, and taking no shit, alright? So if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. I post every single day. Um, so let's get started. So would you be shocked if I told you that one of the biggest questions that I hear from both people who read QueenBeing.com and people who watch my videos is that they want to know how can they tell the difference in the future between someone who's actually a narcissist who's love bombing them and a regular person who's just genuinely interested in them. They, you know, they want to know what do they do? Well. Let me ask you this. Why do you think it's so hard to tell the difference between a love bomber and someone who's really interested in you on a healthy level? The first reason is because of the similar appearance of those two things, right? So the fact is that on the outside, uh, someone who's a love bomber and a healthy person might, you know, who who is fallen in love, well, they might appear to be pretty similar people if you think about it. Uh, but there are certain subtle differences that are overlooked when we are under the spell of a new love. Um, and we're going to talk about that. All right. The second thing, the second reason it's so hard to tell the difference between a love bomber and someone who's a healthy person who's just fallen in love with you is that everyone is willing to look, overlook little flaws when they're in the beginning of any relationship. Uh, and nearly everyone is also a little more careful about how they treat their partners early in a relationship. See? All right. And the third reason is familiarity. That's because nearly everybody finds something that used to be cute or at least tolerable about their partners that as they go on in the relationship becomes at least remotely irritating to them. Okay? Um, everyone argues you know, um, and nearly everyone admits to being mean to their partner when they didn't need to be, okay? So what differentiates a healthy, normal relationship from a narcissistic one? Well, I'm going to give you a few key differences that you can watch for the next time you're considering getting involved with someone, uh, someone new, and, and, and this is especially for those of us who have experienced narcissistic abuse in a previous relationship and are looking to avoid that in the future. Okay, so the first thing you have to watch out for, the first big red flag of someone who's a narcissist is the insta-love thing, okay? So obviously a narcissist is always going to, well not always, almost always going to proclaim love or soulmate status pretty early in the relationship. And this will almost always lead to the narcissist being so committed to you so hard, so fast, okay? A healthier person is going to be more likely to take his or her time and actually get to know you before rushing into things. And to be fair, there there probably are a few real life cases of actual love at first sight, maybe. Um, maybe they're totally legit, but if we're being honest with ourselves, those are few and far between. And if this person really does happen to be your one, they certainly are not going to mind waiting a little while, taking it slowly. You know, the right one might wait forever if need be, right? 
All right, now that I'm saying you should make somebody wait forever, but we'll get to that. That brings me to my next point, the time factor. When you meet a narcissist, you can find yourself just completely and utterly bowled over and absolutely just wowed by his or her level of awesomeness, right? So much so that you actually feel like doing anything is, all you want to do is be around that person, you know, and, and the truth is that the very same thing can happen with a healthy new love. That's how we're so confused. Uh, a healthy new love interest might also want to spend lots of time with you. Of course, the difference is between, you know, while a healthy relationship can and often does have an infatuation phase, it also still allows you to stay involved with other more, you know, other important parts of your life like your family, your work, your spirituality, your church, whatever. It does not require you to beg or to dump your life and people in it in order to avoid missing anything. You feel me? Let's talk more about the time factor. A narcissist will want you to become dependent on him or her because this will allow him or her to become dependent on you as a regular source of narcissistic supply. A healthy person might want to spend every moment with you, but that person will also understand that, you know, and not only understand, but also support your need to continue with your regular life while you get to know one another even if that means that this person tags along with you for family events and on outings with your friends sometimes it doesn't require you to stop living your own life that my friend is a red flag of narcissistic behavior feel me all right um, the drama factor when you're dealing with a narcissist there are lots of red flag signs early in the relationship one of them is often the drama factor so this happened to me and I suspect it's happened to us a bunch of you as well uh, narcissists will often shock you early in the relationship with some strangely placed like outburst or fit and one that will be quickly righted but one that you know is kind of messed up and, and often the narcissist will apologize the first time it happens. For example, maybe a narcissist would blow up at a waiter a little too aggressively or, you know, if the food showed up cold or maybe would be super bitchy to a friend or relative on the phone and you'll be like, geez, you know, why are you acting like that? But if you question or mention the behavior to the narcissist, they'll, they'll explain it away by explaining why they are justified in their treatment of that person. Maybe they'll say something like, ah, oh, He's owed me money for 15 years. He deserves whatever he gets. Or, oh, she's always had it out for me. You know, because it's never the narcissist's fault, right? Yeah. Well, while a, a quote-unquote normal person may have a drama moment here and there, they're more um, understandable, those, those drama moments. And they aren't so world-stopping as those experienced under the reign of a narcissist. Uh, you know, they might break down if something major happens. Uh, a regular person you know they might lose you know like if say they lose a friend or a job you know their job or their friend dies or their dog dies or something else that might also make a normal person like yourself feel like breaking down right but they won't freak out if you you know if if they ask you for money to buy a soda and you don't have any change or something like that you see what I mean let's talk about the empathy factor that's number four if you're in an early relationship with a narcissist, there are little subtle things that will happen in your conversations that can tip you off if you watch for them. Simple patterns that will be evident if you know what to notice. 
All right, so let's talk about that. One of the biggest things you can watch for is how empathic the narcissist is capable of being or how empathetic the narcissist can be. Watch what happens when someone in the narcissist's life experiences pain or tragedy. Um, and watch how they behave. You know, maybe their best friend's, you know, parent passes away or their brother, you know, loses his job or whatever. You know, see how the narcissist behaves to those people. You can tell when someone is genuinely concerned being, you know, when, or versus when someone's just kind of being, you know, sort of polite, right? A narcissist can be a really good actor and he or she might even be really good at follow-up questions when they're in the love bombing phase, okay? So, but what you have to remember is that when things are quote-unquote back to normal, a narcissist will change the subject if the topic varies from something that interests him or her, okay? Often they'll do this quite rudely by creating a big scene to get the attention back to them. Something to think about. Now, if you're a narcissist, if you are the one dealing with the trouble, you know, in your life, the tragedy or the drama, a healthy person who's really into you will show genuine concern when someone you care about is hurt or goes through hard times, but that person will never make the tragedy or the pain about them, which the narcissist absolutely will. Okay. Instead, that person will stand by you in whatever way is appropriate at that phase in your relationship. So whether that means stepping back to allow you the time to deal with the issue or to grieve with your family, or if it means to literally just stand by you while you go through it. If your love interest is one dealing with the trouble, you know, this person will be as concerned he will be, he or she will be concerned as much as you might be about a similar situation, okay? And this person will want you to stand by him or her in whatever way is appropriate at that level in your relationship at that point. So while a narcissist will want you to feel sorry for him or her and while you spoil and baby them to help end the pain, whether it's their personal pain or not, remember, it'll be all about the narcissist, not the person actually experiencing the issue. Feel me? Whew, okay, so how do we go about narc-proofing our love life? Well, let's do this in three easy steps, shall we? How to narc-proof your love life in narc-proof your love life in three easy steps. That's a long hashtag, huh? All right, here, here are the steps uh, that you can avoid to uh, that you can take to avoid becoming involved with a narcissist in the future. It's so simple, and you won't believe it, but it works. Are you ready? Here's what you need to do in order to avoid getting involved with the narcissist again in the future. Step one, take your time. Make a rule for yourself that you won't go too fast and commit too soon. For example, when I left my ex-husband, I made a rule for myself that I would not allow anyone to propose to me until we had been monogamously dating for at least one year. And then I decided I'd make it a long engagement, make it a long engagement just to be safe. Because, you know, why not? You can set your own rules based on your own perception of how long it took you to recognize that you were dealing with a narcissist in the first place. So this can apply to literally any personal relationship and even to professional ones on certain levels. That is, you maintain your guard in each type of relationship for an appropriate length of time before you assume you can trust someone. Hmm? Step two. During the relationship, you stay connected to other people outside the relationship. In order to keep your life in balance and protect yourself from getting enmeshed with another narcissistic person, you really need to be careful and still actively cultivate relationships with a variety of people in your life, okay? Even and especially 
when you're in the beginning phases of new relationships and friendships okay so you have to remember remember how bad it felt when you were isolated from everything and everyone by the narcissist this is the time that you need to be especially vigilant of staying connected to other people listen carefully to me I don't care how in love you are and I don't care how much you think it's your idea to stay in bed for 17 days straight and ignore your phones don't do it okay promise yourself that you're never going to stop seeing the important people in your life and that you'll have regular contact with the other important people in your life even if it means scheduling it to get it done you have to get yourself connected to a good support network and stick with them okay consider having a recovery buddy who will check in with you on a regular basis and help you to remember to remain connected to your network of support and love this will help you to ensure that you don't inadvertently fall back into your old patterns this can happen before we even realize it okay and if you don't have a recovery buddy why don't you go ahead and join span and look for one there which is my group called um, for it's a confidential free online support group uh, called for for support for people affected by narcissism and relationships okay you can learn more about that at queenbeing.com slash span all right let's talk about step three listen to your gut you have to remember that when you got involved with your narcissist um, things sometimes would feel a little off and you couldn't quite put your finger on it you remember that well maybe you never felt quite comfortable in a relationship like you might lose it at any moment or maybe you lived in fear of being alone or falling flat without the narcissist does any of that ring true for you this is a very important part of protecting yourself from getting involved with another narcissist and that is that you have to listen to your gut listen to your heart those feelings that creep up inside you when you don't want to listen to them you gotta listen to those feelings uh, it doesn't matter how exciting and amazing someone seems at first you have to listen to your heart and your gut if you're going to keep yourself safe remember if something doesn't feel right there is a reason for that okay if you're not sure go back to number one take your freaking time you're not in a hurry here okay there's really no reason you need to rush if it's truly healthy and mutually beneficial and healthy and good blah 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 relationship if it's the type of relationship you deserve and the person you've been waiting for for your entire life listen time will not be of any concern just take your time getting to know each other and enjoy the process it can be deliciously satisfying my friend I promise you okay just try it now I'm gonna wrap up for today but before I do I have to ask you what do you think what would you add to this you know share your thoughts in the comments if you have been in a situation with a narcissist and you have gotten out of it what would you advise people or even if you're still in it and you're still getting out of it what would you advise people to avoid narcissists in the future I would love to hear your thoughts you never know who you can help okay so go ahead and pick up on that and let me know your thoughts in the comments below okay now listen if you need more information free tools resources about narcissism narcissistic personality disorder and recovery from narcissistic abuse and relationships all served up by me visit queenbeing.com it's all right there for you all right I'll see you guys soon have a wonderful day thanks so much for being here thanks for being a part of my day and a part of my life and thanks for letting me be a part of yours it really does mean a lot to me
Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and today at QueenBeing.com we're going to answer two questions. Number one, why would a narcissist ever ever want to give you one of these? Why do narcissists get married? And number two, why do they get married so fast again after the discard and divorce is over or the breakup? Alright, so let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. The way you see media talking today, narcissism has become like a global ec epidemic and whether that's true or false, I know that there are some narcissists who are toxic, okay? And those are the ones we're talking about today. Those are the people who do not have empathy for other people and it shows in the way that they treat people, especially those closest to them. In fact, they tend to only treat people with respect if that person is in their eyes better than them in some way, okay? Which almost never includes people they are with uh, life, you know, for love, quote unquote love, or whatever. All right. But assuming that a person is a narcissist and knowing how narcissists tend to cheat on their spouses and how they tend to go through more than one marriage in their lifetime, why would a narcissist ever get married? All right. That's what we're going to cover first here. Okay. So the first thing I would say is that a narcissist gets married because a narcissist needs supply. They need that narcissistic supply, which is they need someone to really, you know, take care of their ego for them, to feed their ego with lots of love and compliments and awesome stuff, right? And that's what, you know, without even thinking about it, that's what you tend to do when you're in a brand new relationship, isn't it? And people like us, people pleasers, empaths, things like that, well, we tend to want people to feel good. And so we do that. We we compliment them. We feed them with, we feed their egos. We, we take responsibility for their failures so that this way the narcissist doesn't have to do it. The narcissist needs someone to be his audience or her audience because, you know, what's the point of being the center of the world if you don't have anybody watching you? Hmm? So uh, what, what ends up happening is that um, people who are empaths end up with narcissists often. People who are people pleasers, people who were abused as children often end up with narcissists. And that's because they tend to be really good ego feeders. They they drive the, 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 the relationship from the caretaking perspective. It is their goal to take care of the other person in some way or another, emotionally, physically, or otherwise, okay? Of course, as we all know, that can be pretty volatile as a, as a combination um, and it can become very painful. So that's something that you want to watch for when you're dealing with, you know, this. But anyway, um, someone else, you know, might choose to marry someone who's a narcissist, um, you know, again, because they've been abused, because they were raised by a narcissist, they, they have a, nar nar a narcissist or a caretaker parent, uh, you know. It, it, it all depends on, on how they manifest the damage from their childhood and, and of course in some cases narcissists are made by success. They, you know, in the very few cases where, uh, in some occasion, on some occasions you will find a narcissist who has the um, acquired situational narcissism and that's where they actually tend to, you know, acquire the negative behaviors from having gained fame or power in some way, alright? So, you know, obviously, why would you marry a narcissist? Well, um, you know, first of all, the narcissist might marry you because he or she might feel that uh, the marriage will serve them and obviously they, they supplied being number one, also things like, 
image boosting, you know, they, they want to look better in public, maybe you're pretty to put on their arm or whatever, money, uh, some narcissists have been known to get married for citizenship, uh, for general supply or any number of reasons beyond that. And of course, if, if you are marrying a narcissist or you have married a narcissist, uh, you may have been attracted initially to the charm, uh, the confidence, the, the great sex in some cases, not all cases. Uh, some people say that when, uh, you know, they, they got with their narcissist because while they were a little difficult or abusive, you know, because we have a high threshold for abuse, those of us who have been abused by these people, um, they, they say that while sure sure he was difficult or she was difficult but the the sex was amazing and 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 perhaps that's considered you know the best performance by that narcissist you know some narcissists are not <laughs> as excellent in that area it just depends on the person uh, but for people who were raised by a narcissist especially if there was a codependent uh, parent uh, they may know no other marriage dynamic and so they may just look for someone like their mom or dad or whoever the dominant parent was in the relationship and become the secondary person okay another thing I want to say about the victim the person who marries the narcissist is is that many people who are in an abusive relationship tend to find themselves being rescued and instead of taking back their lives they get rescued and then they jump right into another abusive relationship and that my friend is no good again it's it's most likely because they were taught that they don't deserve any better it was most likely because they were taught that while the abuse is painful it's all they know and it's more comfortable to you know just not know anything at all does that make sense another interesting fact about narcissists is that you know, when they're going for, for a marriage partner, when they're looking for someone to marry, they are looking for three things, okay? Number one, they are looking for narcissistic supply, period. They need someone to stroke their ego at, at any given moment, okay, and consistently. Number two, they look for people who are interesting, attractive, unique, people who have character traits that narcissists will emulate, okay? Uh, for example, one of my clients um, told me, it was a man, told me that his his girlfriend, who was a narcissist, actually uh, became like him in almost every way. She suddenly kind of assumed his identity on, on many levels. She didn't have a lot of her own interests when they met, and suddenly all of his interests became all of her interests. It's very common. Uh, the third thing they look for, of course, is, um, you know, the added bonus stuff like they need a home to live in or they need someone to take care of them or or to give them money or to let them drive their car or anything like that so obviously each type of narcissist will have a different priority here and um, depending on whether or not the person is uh, wealthy depending on whether the person has a home of their own, depending on whether or not the person is aging and wants to look for someone to kind of hook up with and be, you know, so that they can finalize the deal and not be alone because, you know, a narcissist can't stand to be alone in any way. But what it all comes down to is that um, getting married to a narcissist does not ensure fidelity. As a matter of fact, you're probably going to get cheated on 80% of the time, depending on the narcissist, which is 
obviously 30% more than the average bear. <laughs> so there it is. Here's the hard part. Narcissists get married for one main reason, and that is because there is something in it for them. It has nothing to do with the person they're marrying unless it's how other people see that person, how well that person takes care of them, all the things that that person does for them. That's why they get married. It's no other reason. Uh, so, you know, what about narcissists who get married like immediately after they break up or, or get divorced? What about those guys or girls? Uh, how, why do they do that? Why do they get married so quickly after they've just been in a long-term relationship, whether it was a, a marriage or, or a long-term dating situation? Well, quite honestly, in my opinion, I think part of it is to prove to the whole wide world and the ex that he or she meant nothing to the narcissist and that what he or she thinks about the narcissist simply isn't valid isn't real. So if someone else would marry him or her, then it must be the ex that's the problem, not the ex is the problem, not the narcissist. Do you see what I'm saying? So why do they marry so fast? Well, you know, they want to hurry up and get their hooks into somebody legally so that they can't, uh, you know, run away before they see the true and damaged self that they are, the narcissist, okay? They want to make sure they entrap you. They want to make sure that, you know, as soon as the mask comes off, which believe me, it'll come off soon, usually before you even get married, but you know, when the mask comes off, they want to make sure you can't just run away. They want to make sure they've got you in their clutches. You know, um, they, they marry so soon because, you know, they want to make sure that they look good. They want to make sure that everybody thinks they're happy and wonderful and amazing and that it, it discounts what you as the victim may have said about the narcissist in a previous statement. Uh, they don't... Do they take it seriously? Sure they do. But what they take seriously is the fact that getting married allows them to get more stuff, get more supply, get more all of that stuff. It's not about love or intimacy or being close to someone or counting on someone or having a partner in your life. It's about having a toy to play with whenever it's convenient for you. It's about having a dishwasher. It's about having a, you know, a car washer, a car driver, a, a kid taker care of her. Yeah, I said that, whatever. Uh, you know, it's about power. It's about control. It's about, you know, owning each other, owning the, the person they're with, male or female. Uh, you know, it's about owning their finances, owning that person's assets, the victim. Uh, it's about the narcissist owning that person's life, the narcissist owning that person's feelings. The narcissist needs that constant supply, and if he or she doesn't get it, uh, you know, well, they, they want to make sure they have rights to everything that person owns in case they don't get what they need. So the narcissist never wants to get married because of love, not in the same way that other people love other people, you know, normal, quote unquote, normal people, um, you know. So for a narcissist, getting married is about making it harder for their partner to leave when they, you know, because of legal issues, because they take a vow, because they have a commitment. They also hurry up and have children for the same reason. I think part of it is to hurry up and obligate you to them so that you don't see their mask in time to save yourself. The mask that comes off and the ah, crazy person shows up like, ah, you know. Uh, <laughs> why does a narcissist marry? Well, a narcissist gets married because a narcissist 
consciously or otherwise, tends to want to hurt you, tends to want to punish the ex for leaving him or her, tends to be angry at the world that he or she isn't being worshipped properly. You know, it, it becomes an escalation. It becomes an enhancement that pushes him further, an, an enhancement of distance, that it pushes him or her further away from the ex. It has nothing to do with the new supply. It has to do with hurting the ex. And I wonder how often that really is the case, you know, especially in second and third marriages. Um, you know, but why do they get married? They get married because they want something from you. Bottom line. Why do they get married so fast again? Because they want to prove to you that they can. They want to show the world that they're amazing and wonderful and that you're the crazy one. Um, they want to entrap the person. They want to, you know, control the person. They want to own the person. That's what it's all about. What do you think? Am I off base here? Share your thoughts and your feelings on this topic in the comment section below. And hey, if you have any ideas for, you know, getting out of a narcissistic marriage or, or even avoiding one, leave them in the comments. I may use them in a future video, okay? And who knows, you might help one of your fellow survivors. So, as always, thanks for letting me be a part of your day and a part of your life. And hey, thanks for being a part of mine. It really means so much to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. It's Angie Atkinson. Today at QueenBeing.com, we're going to discuss 53 things narcissists say when they are love bombing you. Are you ready? Let's get started. So one of the biggest reasons I continue to write about narcissism is that so many people uh, need the help I'm offering. That's why I started posting YouTube videos on this topic a few months ago, and it's also why I've been blogging about it for about five years now. And it might have something to do with the 20 or so books I've written. Uh, you can see my books at booksangiewrote.com. Uh, you can see my blog at queenbeing.com. Moving on. Uh, anyway, it seems like there are more victims than any of us ever realized, the victims themselves included, right? So yesterday I asked my SPAN group, which is my online support group for uh, people affected by narcissistic abuse in relationships. I said, hey, can you help me out with a, with a post? I've, I've got a question for you. Okay, so the question was, what are some of the things that your narcissist said to you during the love bombing phase of your relationship? Now, as we discussed that topic, several members of the group said, you know, they sort of felt shocked about the similarities between their stories. There it was in black and white, the really plain pattern that seems to flow throughout nearly every toxic relationship with a narcissist, at least in some iteration. So I'm going to share with you their answers. Um, and as we go through this list, I want you to, t to think back to the beginning of your own relationship and, and let me know, do you see a pattern here too? All right, so before we get started though, a trigger warning. These are actual statements um, from actual narcissists that were shared with me by survivors of narcissistic abuse. So, um, you know, while these are mostly positive sounding statements, uh, I don't want you to be triggered by, by the situation unless that would help you to 
you know, to use it as a, as a springboard out of your relationship that is toxic and abusive. Okay, moving forward. All right, number one, someone said. Now, remember, again, these are all uh, statements that were shared with me by our narcissistic abuse survivors. And in addition to that, um, this is part one of this video. Um, next time I will do part two, uh, which will be things narcissists do during love bombing. Okay, this is a very complex topic. Here we go. Oh, and if you're not sure what love bombing is, um, it's a practice that narcissists use um, as they get into um, uh, the beginning of a relationship or when they're trying to get back into your good graces after having been in a fight or, or discarded you. So love bombing um, is something that almost every victim of narcissism and, and abuse in relationships uh, is, is going to experience, at least on some level. So like if it's your boss uh, that's the narcissist, you know, it, it might be more like, you know, nice bombing. Okay, but it's the same concept. Okay, so uh, one person said that the day after her narcissist had been drunk the night before. Uh, she said she'd never got an apology for the bad behavior, but he would always ask her, do you still love me? And she said, of course, I would shower him with reassurance of how much I loved him. You know, that's pretty common. Another person said, you may, you seem like the type of person I would want to marry someday. Mm -hmm. Remember, these are all statements directly from narcissists. One said, I never wanted children until I met you. Number four, I'm divorced. Number five, it's all about you all the time, you know, and, and with the implication of because I have no friends. <laughs> Number six, my exes are all crazy bitches. I think we've all heard this one. Um, and the same narc narcissist um, of the person who shared that one said that, um, I'm sorry, the person who shared that one said that the same narcissist asked at the end of their relationship, is it okay to still visit for sex after the divorce? And she thought that was just outrageous. So did I. Anyway, number seven, um, your mother, sister, father, brother messed up. You know, somebody in your family is a problem. Um, and I, I hid out in the other room because while they were here, they gave me a bad vibe or whatever. So basically making excuses for not connecting with your people who are important to you in your life, your family, your friends, etc. All right. Um, and again, believe it or not, that is like the beginning of an attempt to start to isolate you. So early in the relationship, you might take it as, oh, it's just overwhelming. My family's crazy, whatever, you know, because some families are very loud and huggy and whatever. But if the person is always looking for ways to stay away from the family, um, eventually they'll pull you away as well and isolate you. So that's something to consider. All right. Um, where was I? Okay. Um, number eight, how dare you put your kids before me? And number nine, you don't love me, only your children. This is a very unfortunately common thing for a narcissist to expect a mother to put, a ch or a father, to put a, a child before them. And, and this is even the case when the child is their own child. But even sometimes when the child is, is um, a, you know, obviously, almost always when the child is a stepchild um, in the relationship. Okay. Number 10, I just want to be with someone who wants to be with me for the same reasons I want to be with them. That one got a lot of reactions, and it was also an original statement from a narcissist. Uh, you've never met anyone like me, and then I love you, even though we just met, or I would die without you, or please just tell me that you love me. All narcissist statements to their future supplies during love bombing. Another one, this one's kind of specific, but you can kind of kind of get where I'm going with it or where the person was. It's not my particular statement, but 
Uh, can I take the condom off? You know I will take care of you. And she said that was three days before he discarded her for a new victim. And she said that was probably because she said she, no and wasn't going to take him back with <laughs> without him actually becoming a decent human being. I love these people. Um, and I totally am with her, 100%. Smart girl. All right, moving on. Uh, you remind me of my mother. This one um, was also one that a lot of people said, oh, yeah, I heard something like that, too. So something to think about. Uh, next up, I've never loved anyone as much as you before, and I couldn't live without you now. Another one. The only way I'll ever leave you is in a pine box. And for those of you who don't know, that means coffin or casket. Um, and three days later, she said that for a month he left and never, you know, he, he left without word for a month, she said, and, and before he ever came back. So not so much in a pine box, y'all. Anyway, uh, you know, we should call this video something like 53 Lies Narcissists Tell. I might just title it that during love bombing. All right, moving on. Uh, next up, you're all mine now, and I'm not letting you get away. Another one, God sent you to me. And in this case, this person said, you know, sure, that, that might be something that a healthy husband or, you know, or wife would say to a, to a sibling, I mean, to a, um, a, a love, but uh, generally people don't say that a couple days in, and apparently in this case the person did. So, all right. Another one said, oh, I never used to yell this much before my ex-wife, and she said, the, you know, the, the victim said, and survivor said that, um, and other irrational or jealous statements and accusations were made pretty often, and similar to that one. Next up, where's, when's the wedding? Two weeks in. This was actually my narcissist who said this one. Uh, when I first met him, uh, my first my, my first husband, um, he literally, two or three weeks into the relationship, he wanted to know when we were going to get married, and I thought that was outrageous, but then my dumbass married him five months later. <laughs> Don't do that, y'all. Getting married too soon is always a sign. Getting rushed into any kind of commitment, always a sign, okay? Moving on. How much do you love me? This person said she was asked that almost daily. Another one, will you always love me? Again, she said it was almost daily when he wasn't giving her the silent treatment. Another one, why do you love me? You love me more than I do. I think you're a good investment. I wish I met you 30 years ago. We'd have been so successful. Or I suddenly just fell in love with you. And this person said the day after seeing her new house, he decided that he was suddenly in love with her. Oh, come on. Anyway, now, you know, and, 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 I, and we can look back now and we can say, oh, that's just so obvious. But, you know, you don't know unless you've been there that when you're in the middle of, of a love bombing thing, I mean, it's really almost impossible to resist because these people are good. They make you feel like they are the people that you have been waiting for your whole lives. They have the whole soulmate thing going on. It's just crazy. All right, moving on. You're perfect for me. No one will ever love you like me. Typical, typical. Another one. I don't need anyone but you. You've made me happy. My wife was cold and hated sex. My wife didn't talk to me. My wife has issues. <laughs> There's another one that should go along with this. I'm divorced because they lie about that too. Another one. Um, I did everything to save my marriage. Oh, and here you go. She says that she didn't know about his two-year affair, which he was still in when he forced himself into her home, saying he'd left his wife for her and, and couldn't refuse him. She couldn't refuse him and make him homeless. That's what she felt like. And she said they weren't even going out at that time. He was just a friend through work. So basically he found this, this new supply. He wanted her and he forced himself into her life. And that's, you know, and it might feel like, you know, you're swept off your feet. You're so in love. It's so amazing. And then suddenly one day you look around and you go, oh crap, this is not what I wanted, right? This is not what I signed up for. So 
All right, moving on. I know how wonderful it can be when two people truly love each other and share the same goals. Okay, so that's cool, right? But the problem with this particular statement is that it came early in this person's relationship and later it, it, it was used against her, you know, because the person would sort of use that as, well, I thought you agreed that when we have the same goals, of course, those goals have to be the narcissist goals, not your goals, not the supply goals, not anybody else's goals, simply your goals become his goals or her goals when you get involved with the narcissist. That's what this is kind of representative of. of and, and as well, it's a statement from an actual survivor and as to what she was hearing from her narcissist during the time that she was being love bombed. All right. Uh, this is kind of a funny one, but another um, <laughs> uh, one of my one of my survivors said that she was always told how her vagina was so perfect and how he now knew that this was why men obsessed over her when they broke up. Now, I am not going to be telling too many of my own personal secrets right here, but I will tell you that I've heard similar things. And that's something that, um, you know, it's it's difficult during the phase of it happening to even understand <laughs> the deviousness of this particular statement. But if you think about it now, you realize, okay, well, <laughs> when people are in that situation, you know, that that is a precursor of I will obsess over you. If you know, it's hard to hear it during the time, but there it is. Okay. Another one. If it could have it could have been anyone, but no, it was me and no one else who was the perfect one for him. That that came from a, a survivor. And she said, um, another one said he was certain that they were twin flame soulmates. I thought that was interesting. Um, another one said that she knew for the first from the first time uh, he knew from the first time he saw her that she, that you know quote unquote he was you know she was the one for him, um, and that he'd never had as intimate a relationship with anyone before her. Another one said sex had never been that good before. Another one said that no one had ever loved him the way that she did. Another one said, you're my dream girl. How many of us have heard that one? Um, another one of you know, one of them said, aha, I don't know what hit me. And actually, I do believe if I'm remembering correctly, this one may have come from one of our male survivors. So this was a female narcissist, I think. Um, and in that case, you know, um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Next up, when I went out with my friends, I would not talk to any other women until I met you. You're amazing. So I, I think that one, even though I didn't um, necessarily experience the exact quote, you know, the exact type of uh, statement, I did experience similar statements, you know, that all other women were this before he met me, things like that, you know. Um, okay, this or that, whatever it was, you know, they were bitches, they were they were hoes, they were whatever, whatever thing they decided, cheaters, whatever. Um, you know, and that's, again, during the love bombing phase, putting you up on that pedestal so they can knock you down thoroughly later, right? All right. Um, did I mention I have another video that actually identifies love bombing on my YouTube channel? Go check that out, too. If I remember, I'll put a call out in here for that for you. All right. Uh, the first time I called a woman on my phone, uh, oh, she says, the first time she called her, her narcissist, who is now her ex, um, I think, uh, she said, a woman, he said, a woman on my phone, it has been so long. And she said that had been seven months, <laughs> to be exact. And she said, but with hookers in between that and meeting her. I found that fascinating. Um, all right, another one said, I don't do violence. And uh, I thought that was interesting that, yeah, why would you even say that? I mean, unless you were asked specifically about that, that thing. But I think that, yeah, anyway. Uh, another one said, we really are like soulmates, aren't we? And that, you know, that soulmate theme, unfortunately, 
is really constant in early narcissistic relationships and it's hard for people who you know like me um, want to believe in soulmates I want to believe that soulmates is a real deal right but when I look at things like this and I see how often that term is used to manipulate people um, it breaks my heart so anyway moving on all right um, I've never been with a girl as pretty as you we've all heard that one right and number 53 or you know we've heard something similar as pretty as you or as handsome as you as whatever if you're a dude whatever <laughs> all right number 53 where would I be without you um, you know again it's the same the same thing it's making you feel needed making you feel wanted loved etc etc so all right that's all I've got for today on this list uh, but stay tuned because next up I will be presenting um, the things that narcissists actually do, the actions they take and the behaviors and situations that occur during love bombing. That will be in my next video. All right. So now it's your turn. How many of these phrases sound familiar to you? And what would you add to this list? Um, share your thoughts in, in the comments section and let's discuss it. All right. Uh, and remember, in the meantime, if you have questions, comments, concerns, things you want to talk about, um, you can join our SPAN group. It's a uh, it's support for people affected by narcissistic abuse and relationships. And you can um, find the information for that group at queenbeing.com slash span, S-P-A-N. And everything will be right there. All right, this is all I've got for today. Again, my name is Angela Atkinson. I'm a certified life coach, an author, and a survivor. Have a wonderful day, and I will see you soon.